um, how we've bought into this idea of busyness, um, how we bought into the idea of I need to have a platform. I need to be on a YouTube channel. I need to not, not you, Jessica, your podcast is great. <laughs> God honors it, loves you. No. <laughs> Incredible. I love that. Please keep going. Hello, my friends. Welcome to episode 80 of Between You and Me, the podcast where I talk to music makers about the things that hurt, heal, and change us in evangelical culture. My name is Jessica Morris. I'm a music journalist based in Australia. And we are in 2021, and I don't know what happened in the last week, but my mind is spinning, and it seems like the most timely point ever to talk about the good and the bad in evangelical culture and where the heck we sit in it. Today, I have a timely episode. I keep using that word. It's true. A timely episode with NCC Worship. NCC Worship is a musical expression of National Community Church, which are, get this, in the heart of Washington, D.C. This church literally has a campus on Capitol Hill, which makes them at the forefront and the centre and on the front lines, whatever word you like, of the division that is currently happening in the evangelical church. That means that they are seeing everything that we are seeing on the news and experiencing in our hearts and probably experiencing in our homes right now. Now, I spoke to their worship pastor, Chris Douglas, and their program director and worship leader, Joel Buckner, about their latest album, The Jesus Way, just before the 2020 presidential election, which feels a lifetime ago. And I had this episode stored up thinking, yeah, we'll release it before before the, you know, the presidential handover. And then January 6th happened. Uh, And even for someone in Australia who isn't American, I can tell you that the scenes of people, terrorists, people getting into Capitol Hill, burning things down, harming others, people dying, all sorts of things, label however you want. I know there are multiple opinions, which is why we have to address it. That stuff shook me so much. And I know that I'm not even American, so that's not me downplaying how so many of you have felt during all this. But it became so clear to me that this episode is vital. It is vitally important because in this episode, we have two people who believe in the same God, who serve a community that is divided, who also attest to believe in the same God, right? And these are the people who witnessed this event or were part of this event or believe that Antifa did this event or believe it was terrorism. Like every single, every single theory that is out there, these people all go to their church because these people all go to all our churches, right? They're just right in the heart and the center of it. So that's why this conversation is so important and why I'm clearly so passionate about it because Joel and Chris talk about what it actually means to live the Jesus way. Now, if we're going to rewind a little bit and go back to why the heck did Jessica start this podcast in the first place? Well, we've been doing this for two years now, and I started it because I was living in Nashville for a while, and I was so weirded out by the disparity between what it actually means to say you're a Christian there and what it actually means to live as one. 
And that's to say that, like, I didn't understand these political divides that I was seeing. I didn't understand the racism I was seeing. I heard stories about the underbelly of the Christian music industry. I heard stories about lies and and people leaving the faith. And I heard about so much pain. And I was really tempted to become bitter about it and really, really judgmental. And I felt really clearly that if I chose to go down that avenue... I would become just as filled with pain and bitterness and, and evil as the people I was judging. Which is why two years later, I'm in this place where every episode I get to cultivate conversations with people in Christian music about the things that hurt, heal and change us. The things that musicians are so beautifully articulate and which we have seen in the last four or five years become even bigger and caused even bigger fissures and divides in the evangelical church. This episode with NCC worship feels like it's coming out at a defining point in evangelical culture. Chris Llewellyn from the Rain Collective talked about seeing the evangelical church in the throes of its death. I know that's really vivid language. Um, but you know, I agree with him. Because I don't think that the evangelical church that we are seeing is the church that God created. This isn't the church for Pentecost, for you who study that in Acts. This is a church fueled by money and greed and white supremacy and fear and shame. It's fueled by misogyny. Am I saying all the church is bad? No. There's a a scripture that says, like, the gates of hell won't prevail against God's people or his church, right? I believe that. I believe that God is bigger than anything. But what we're seeing isn't the death of God's church. What we're seeing is the death of some entity that has been misconstrued and used to harm people for generations. And it has come down in the most public disgusting way possible. That's why this conversation is important. Whether you are evangelical or not, you might be an ex-evangelical, you might be a Catholic, you might not even believe in Jesus, that's fine. This conversation is important because right now what is happening in the evangelical church in America is literally shaping the world because it's actually shaping the democratic processes and the news and everything happening and that actually shapes everything around us even here in Australia our friend Joshua Luke Smith who was part of Orphan No More um, a collective in the UK who will be featuring in a few weeks he actually released this really beautiful and heartbreaking spoken word piece a few days ago about what is happening to the evangelical church and I loved hearing it because it gave me the perspective of someone else looking in. It recognised so much depravity and heartbreak and fear and how we have made politicians our idols. Um, But he also found this beautiful way of finding the hope in it in the sense that we now have a job and a purpose. Each of us have a responsibility now to be like the Christ we know 
that we've been taught about in the most accurate way possible. So if you if you believe in this Jesus who is kind, who is loving, who died and rose again, who came so that no one would perish, who came as a Jewish refugee, who had a hit out on him when he was two years old and was crucified by Roman authorities because the powers at the time wouldn't deal with this new form of living and being. If this is your Jesus, and this is not the Jesus you're seeing being represented in the media, in Christian media, on the news, please, it is now our job to live that out. It is more crucial than ever. And it's okay if you don't call yourself a Christian anymore because you don't want to be affiliated with the evangelical church or with certain political parties. You don't have to call yourself a Christian, honestly. I mean, didn't that term Christ follower, didn't that only develop after Christ actually ascended to heaven? That's just a way we have of identifying ourselves. No, if, if, you, if you know Jesus, if you believe in him, even if, if you believe in, in love, we now have a responsibility to wear that love and extend that love to others. That is going to be uncomfortable. That is going to mean that there are going to be people who disagree with us. That is going to mean that there are some relationships that we may never be able to mend even though we really want to because the other side may choose never to actually allow us to, to mend it. That doesn't mean we don't have still have a responsibility to be like Jesus. And, and that means we walk in mercy, we love humbly, we walk in justice. And that justice is peace-filled justice like Christ. Christ who walked to the cross willingly for us. It is not a Christ who comes with pitchforks and, and flags and guns. No, we have a responsibility to be the Christ we see in Scripture. And if you don't believe in Jesus, I know that you believe in love. So please just be, be the love that you believe in. That's enough. We desperately need it because people are dying. This has been happening for years. But right now, right now, like it, there is so much at stake. I've had people say to me, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is still King. Remember that. You're right. I, I believe that Jesus is still Lord. I believe that God is big. I, I believe that, you know, he, one day we will live forever with him. That's, that's my beliefs and my interpretation of the Bible. But it doesn't change the fact that right now, humanity is in the crux of something and evangelical culture is in the crux of something that, that I can't fathom. It's like we've seen evil seeped up from the pits of hell and it's festered in hearts and minds and it's been allowed to control us. That is why this episode with NCC Worship is so crucial. It's not just about learning from the point of view of someone else, which is essential, it's what we do every week. It's about learning how we can become part of the change. first heard about NCC Worship, I wanted to know what makes this church band different. And that's when I heard about the clincher. This musical expression of National Community Church is based in Washington, D.C. 
This puts them on the front lines of the evangelical movement and how it has awkwardly and distressingly become a bigger part of the politics in the United States of America in the last five years. Now, it's fair to say that evangelical culture and politics have been affiliated ever since the days of founding fathers through team to the Boston Harbour, right? But as we have seen over the last week and over the last five years, it has become an increasingly growing beast. And it is often really hard to distinguish the difference between a political leaning and a self-proclaimed follower of Christ, leaving many people thinking it's impossible to be one or the other. That is why the work that National Community Church is doing is so vital and what makes their music so pivotal. Not only are MCC worship dedicated to sticking to the truth of who Christ was and is and what the Bible says about him, regardless of your political leaning, but they actually have the task of welcoming everybody to the table. Democratic, Republican, lobbyists, people with money, people with power, people upcoming, you name it. These are the people who make up their church. And these are the very evangelicals they belong to. In fact, National Community Church has six campuses across the Washington DC metro area. And this includes one near Capitol Hill. So what does it mean for NCC worship to actually live out the message of Jesus in Washington DC? Well, they call it the Jesus way. And as they see it, they have a responsibility to point people to live in this way irrespective of their political leanings or where they sit in DC. Even when we have differing thoughts on politicians and policy, even when people want to mask up and others don't even believe COVID is real, even when we have different thoughts about what happened on January 6, 2021 at the Capitol, this band have been charged with uniting people under the one singular truth that Jesus Christ is Lord so that their city and in turn the country and the world can move forward in peace, unity, justice and with integrity. They want to live out and teach people to live out the Jesus way. No small task, hey? Now the story of National Community Church is pretty well known in evangelical circles. It was started by their lead pastor, Mark Batterson. And this is actually the dude who wrote the book, The Circle Maker. He's written multiple books since, but anyone who attended evangelical youth rallies, even in Australia back in the day, will remember the concept of The Circle Maker. In any case, Mark Batterson started National Community Church in the DC metro area. And in the years since, it has actually expanded to six campuses, embracing the diversity in culture, background, and values of the area. Their first album, Thrill of Hope, which is an apt title for a Christmas album, came out in 2013. And they returned in 2015 with the album, You Alone. Two years later, Long Story Short followed, which they used before Taylor Swift even did. And then the team began to release multiple singles, setting them up for their latest album, The Jesus Way. Now, The Jesus Way dropped in 2020, and it was arguably the most politically divisive year among evangelicals to date, until we reached January 2021, of course, but here we are. In any case, The Jesus Way is more timely than ever. It is all about encouraging people to realign their hearts, minds, and thoughts towards Jesus. And in a culture that is increasingly becoming more volatile and with more differences than ever between two parallel sides, they urge people to carry the cross and love at all costs, encouraging us to love the people we struggle to love the most. And often, I would say, these are the very ones within the church walls. 
The Jesus Way was recorded live on Ash Wednesday and created with the assistance of Grammy award-winning producer Greg Cox. It came out hand-in-hand with a series they ran called The Jesus Way, where the church actively engaged in teaching and worship, encouraging them to live out the redemptive work of Christ every single day, with songs written from an authentic, realistic place, specifically for their diverse congregation. The Jesus Way explores genres and celebrates multiple worship leaders, which we love, all the while pushing the evangelical church towards repentance, unity, and healing. Things that don't stop even once we choose to follow Jesus. I spoke to worship pastor Chris Douglas and program director and worship leader Joel Buckner in the lead up to the 2020 presidential election, which seems like forever ago. We spoke about the album and what it means to live the Jesus way. We talked about what it means to find common ground in a country and in a church and in a worship team where people have differing opinions and what it means to love. This couldn't have been a more timely episode. Um, I really, really hope that you love learning from Chris and Joel. Welcome to the podcast, Chris and Joel. Um, (laughs) So good to be on. For people who have never met NCC worship before or heard of National Community Church, can you both introduce yourselves and tell me about who you are in your movement? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, my name's Chris Douglas. I'm our worship pastor here at National Community Church. I came on staff about eight years ago, and then in uh, 2017 became worship director. National Community Church um, and NCC, we're we're a a uh, multi-site church here in the Washington, D.C. area. Um, Our head pastor is Mark Batterson, and uh, so we have the the honor and the privilege of getting to serve um, some amazing people around uh, Washington, D.C. together. So that's a little bit about me, JB. Yeah, um, my name is Joel Buckner, and I've been on staff equally, well, a little less time than him, but eight years still. Um, You guys can't see me, but they... Somebody told me the other day, they said, um, we really like when the old guy on the stage leaves. And I was like, who are you talking about? <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, they're talking about me. <laughs> so uh, I guess you could say I'm probably the grandpa, one of the older people on the, on the team. But it's, uh, it's, it's amazing leading at uh, NCC, um, National Community Church, where I believe we have a diverse group of people who want to honor God, not only through song, but with their life. And I think daily we're trying to see how does this play out practically, you know, and what we do, how we love well, how we become peacemakers in the middle of where we are right now. How are we uh, ones that are attuned our hearts to love regardless? And so I think that's what um, our worship is about here. And so, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Can you tell me about the album, The Jesus Way, um, which is relatively recent, yeah. um, but it feels spot on for this year. Not even though The Jesus Way is for every year, but you know what yeah. I mean. Can, <laughs> can you tell people yeah. about The Jesus Way? Tell me about yeah. the Chris, album, Chris the premise behind it. So he said, we're going to do it in 2020. You know, it's, it's very so- prophetic people. No, I'm playing. <laughs> it's, it's so funny, man, how like God has like, what we need right in store. And I feel like we just kind of 
stumbled into to this project. But when we um, kind of rewinding back a few years ago, um, you know, our songwriting culture was really kind of formulated around this idea of writing songs for series. And so we, we have an amazing teaching team who just creates so many um, just I mean, great books and uh, podcasts and sermons, just um, really prolific teachers. And so our writing was geared towards, you know, writing songs to pair alongside of, of the message. And about three years ago, I, I just felt the Holy Spirit whispered kind of to my heart. It's like, will you stop, you know, um, will you start singing me your prayers? And um, for me, this was a, was a really big shift. Um, and at that time, I didn't, I didn't really know how um, difficult that was going to be for me um, in that season. Um, you know, my wife and I uh, gave birth to two um, beautiful identical twin girls and, uh, and my daughter Ryan is, is a sweet girl. And then my daughter Keelan was born with a, a congenital heart defect called hypoplastic left heart syndrome. And so that year we were going to spend seven and a half months um, in the hospital uh, together um, going through three open heart surgeries, multiple cardiac arrests, um, several trips to the cath lab and, and we, we ended up losing our daughter at seven and a half months. And so this kind of call for me to, you know, what was it, what was it going to be like to pour my heart out, my prayers out into song, um, in this upcoming season was, was a really, um, I didn't know what I was getting into when, when the Lord kind of spoke that over us. And so for, for us, this last three years has just been a journey of, of putting our prayers to melody um, and, and singing the songs of our church, not, not the, the content of our church, but, but finding the heartbeat of, of, of the community that we love, that we serve, that we get to engage with. And um, I think one of the beautiful things for us is, you know, when, when you do life together with people, um, you, you know, you, you rub shoulders and you're, you're, you get on kind of a, a spiritual similar wavelength. And, um, and so the prayers that are in my heart, then become kind of intertwined with the prayers of our community. And when we, when we pour that out in song, um, that, that's something that's really special. So we, um, you know, we, we just started writing and writing and writing. We're not going to write with an agenda. We're not going to write to get a cut or to write a hit. We're going to write um, the songs that we feel called to write as songwriters. And, um, and so that led to just a tremendous amount of, of writing um, and then kind of culminated into this, this idea of, of the Jesus way. Um, we were introducing our song, hope of glory and, and pastor Mark kind of pulls us aside after the sermon. He's like, man, that, that, that line, the Jesus way, you know, the Christianity was called the way, but I haven't heard that idea of the Jesus way kind of um, really been reflected before. And so that, that kind of just resonated in our hearts and our spirits and then became just kind of this like, plumb line, this linchpin of this last year for us as a church. Um, I think it's really rooted us um, in a lot of the things that we've walked through um, in our city, in our country, in the church as well. Um, and it's been, it's getting back to basics, you know, and that's been really special. So. Through the strain of cycle
episode is brought to you by our friends at Jesus Wired, your number one source for Christian music reviews and interviews. And they support indie artists, which we love. Go and check them out now at JesusWired.com. One thing about the Jesus Way that resonates truly for me as being a part of it and having a chance to be a part of not only singing some of the songs, but then part of the writing, I think there's an authenticity to it. Um, yeah. So there, there's a difference. I remember growing up, there was this, forget what preacher said it, but he said, you can ask a young man to quote Psalms 23 and he'll quote it verbatim, like he'll quote the words. He said, but then you give it to a 75-year-old man who's embodied it and has a knowing of what it means. And when he says it, you can feel the life come from it. And I think that's what the songs have done. They're songs that have been embodied by each person that's leading and singing, and this is their authentic life. And even while it may sound like worship that you hear, I think there's a different breath for each person that sings it, not for popularity's sake, but it's almost a true testimony of their life as they're singing. And you can hear that melody through um, what they're what what they're projecting out, you know. And so I think that's what people are resonating with um, when they hear it. They are like, oh no, there no no no. There's some realness to that, you know. And I know what it means to question faith. And I know what it means to cry when my prayers aren't answered. And I know what it means to, you know, have to, you know, in the middle of my searching, say you're the only person that makes me whole and then makes me then sing a new song to to God in a a different way. So that's to me what each each of the songs kind of carry that weight to it. Um, And I think people will find that. And I think that's what the Jesus way is. It's how we interact with God, our creator, at each of the levels of immaturity and maturity that we find ourselves in, mm-hmm. uh, in our questioning and in our answering and our failures and in our successes, the way through is being present with in the midst of all of that, you know, and so that to me, that's what the Jesus way is to me um, on that project. My next question was literally, how do you define the Jesus way? And I feel you both did that beautifully. So thank you. That was great. Yeah. Um, I, you have yeah. both shared parts of your story already, which is amazing because we just met. Um, and it's clear that both of you in your own lives have gone through really steep journeys with highs and lows with God. Why, why do you keep choosing to come back to Jesus and the Jesus way and engaging with him. And like, and then you actually like commit to that in a church communal setting. So you're actually giving of yourselves once you've worked through your own pain. So, so why do you keep coming back to Christ and then living out that? You trying to make me cry or are you trying to, I can cry easily. (laughs) My wife tells me you're a big baby. I'm like, well, yeah, I am. But no, I, I think, Chris, if I'll answer that for myself, um, I think I keep coming back because I know he's real. And when I say he's real, I'm even challenged on how to say that. And this might be controversial a little bit, but I'm trying to say, I just know the presence of God is real. I'll say it that way. And how I experience him in my life daily, it's um, shifting my perspective, um, from everything that I've been taught growing up, 
I grew up apostolic and we were hell fire brimstone. <laughs> you, you, you know, you, <laughs> you go to a bowling alley and whoa, you're going to hell. Right. Um, and I'm like, bowling off really some sports, like sports. Do you think God's bowling? Right. <laughs> um, but I think what keeps me coming back is every morning, and I know this might sound deep, but this is true for me. Every morning I wake up empty and I'm asking God to replenish me. And part of that replenishing is as I allow my gifting and what he, the inheritance that he's put inside of me to interact with the, his partnership in what he's doing in the earth. It then leads me to want to say, despite what I feel, despite what I agree with or disagree with, there's a much greater picture here happening that makes the me, Joel, so much smaller than the bigger, you know, uh, vastness of who God is. And so then it makes me say, okay, cool. I can go lead again. Like, it's not that big of a deal, you know? Oh, okay, yeah, I can sing another song. Um, But at the same time, I, I won't color it like it's all, you know, colorful and rainbows, but there are times when I'm leading or <laughs> I have to go lead worship and I just don't want to go do it. And it's in those times that it's uh, one of the, the sacrifice of praise, right? It's that time where it's like, this isn't about me. You know, this isn't about, well, never mind, I, I won't start that. But this isn't about me. This isn't about the song that I like, but it's really about God, what are you, what, what's the, what's, what is the, the voice that you're singing? What are you singing over your people today? What are you saying? And I think within that, that emptiness I was talking about earlier, then gets filled again, you know, in ways that I wasn't expecting. So it, it, that dance, that, that relationship, that, that kind of um, ebb and flow of him and I and, you know, song and, you know, prayer, whatever it might be, um, then becomes my continuing on the reason why I continue yeah yeah cause sometimes I'm singing I don't even know why I'm singing what I'm singing <laughs> if I'm honest <laughs> Are you a creator? Do you like creating fancy slideshows for church? Or maybe you're a videographer, a podcaster like me. Maybe you just love creating things and you need amazing stock music or videos to fill the needs. 
That is where Soundstripe comes in. The team at Soundstripe are world-class musicians who have hired world-class musicians to create stock music without all the loopholes of licensing. Simply subscribe and you can select what track you want and license it as many times as you want. It's a great way to support artists and create world-class content. We love our friends at Soundstripe. We have been partnered with them since the first episode of Between You and Me, and we are so grateful for their support. If you would like to use their content or check them out, go right now to soundstripe.com and use the code UMEPOD at checkout for 10% off. That is the code UMEPOD at the checkout, and you will get 10% off. You're welcome. Hey, it's me again. Big surprise, I know. But you know what I love? Nearly equally as much as good music. I love a good band tea. And I love a good nostalgic band tea, which is why I'm a big fan of the Between You and Me web store. If you head there right now, you will actually find that we have throwbacks to some of the most iconic Christian musicians and plenty of ammunition for the next catch up with the friends you survived Christian college with or who also survived being a PK with. Go check out our t-shirts, our hoodies, our masks, because that's a thing in 2020, and even our phone covers or notebooks. We would love you to take home a piece of Between You and Me and remember wherever you go that you belong here, that you are a part of a family of misfits and worshippers and questioners and people who apparently like nostalgia. Go and check it out now at our website, betweenyouandmepod.com and hit the shop button. What about you, Chris? You have yeah. clearly been through yeah. hell and back in the last three years. Yeah. 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 I think you come back to like, what do I know that I know that I know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the person of Jesus. My, my faith isn't in a church. My faith isn't even, it's not even in the written word you know, that we have is scripture. My, that's not my bedrock. My bedrock is the person, um, the life, death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so it's like, that's what I, that's what I know to be true, you know? And I, I love what you said, JB, about, um, you know, Psalm 23 from a, from a, a young perspective. And then you, you hear a, you know, an 84 year old recite it. And there's just so much, there's so much depth, there's mm-hmm. so much life in, injected in that, you know, in this world, you will have trouble, right? We know that yeah. um, we're not guaranteed um, a pain-free life or um, a trouble-free life or a tragic free life. Um, and what I really, what's been true in my story is God doesn't always promise us deliverance from, but he always promises us his presence through. And for me, that's what I found just so profoundly true. That in, in, in moments of utter despair, when like your world falls apart, he's there. Like he, I mean, he really is. And, and, yeah. and, and you have, you have to be there to know what it is. But I mean, for me, it, it, it was this kindness. There was a, there was amidst tragic heartbreak there was a sweetness in the air there was a sweetness in in our life and and that's that's jesus you know and um Mm -hmm. and so for me that's you know it's it's him 
it's his presence. It's his daily presence. Like what you're mm-hmm. talking about, Joel, it's that every day that like you, you're, you know, you're still here. Like you're still with me. You're never, you're never going to mm-hmm. leave me. It doesn't make it any easier. Um, but it doesn't make it any more true. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think that's a little bit of maybe my story in, in the midst of that, um, in that struggle. Thank you. Just Thank so. you both for sharing that. That's not yeah. something, uh, that I, ex- that you have to share. Um, and something that I, I appreciate costs you a lot to get to a point where you share it for the benefit of others. Um, so yeah. in my own way, thank you. I just want to honor that. Thank you both so much. Um, that's yeah. really special. Absolutely. talk a little bit about in a really sensitive way the current state of politics in the US and, and how it's affected your church um, I'm not asking you to speak for whole of evangelicalism trust me it's okay it's too big for anybody um, but, but, uh, but I, something that I, I was struck by when I was sent the press release um, about your the Jesus way was that you you are so forward in talking about what is happening right now in America? You're so forward about talking about racial reconciliation. Um, you don't shy away from lots of things that traditionally in evangelical culture, churches have sort of been like, we'll just go with this and that's fine. Um, and that's that was one of the reasons I was so excited to talk about you because for me that reflected the heartbeat of Jesus so clearly. Um, and the fact that you were actually situated in Washington, D.C. as well is just nuts. Um, so can I ask you, you both, how, how has your church, uh, like what's a feeling in your church this year in the, in the lead up to the fact that like, there's a national election coming up um, and it's very from what my perspective it's been very divided even in the church so what has the mood been in your church 
as much as you're comfortable sharing. Well, I I mean, you know, here, here in Washington, like we have elections every two years. Like this is like, I mean, in our country, we have elections every two years, but in, 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 in DC, the turnover is, is every two years that we do this. And, um, and I think for us, it's like, we know the people, (laughs) you know, we're doing life with the people that are um, the Daniels and the Esters that serve on Capitol Hill. Like um, we have the immense privilege of, of being pastors in a church to pastor the influencers. I mean, and honestly, it's the tw- like, it's like the 25 year olds, like who are like running the country, you know, who run the halls of yeah, um, <laughs> I don't think right, people know yeah. that referral quiz. Like, I'm like, oh, do you understand who's making some of these <laughs> suggestions? <laughs> and so, I mean, for us, it's like you know, every <laughs> every turnover isn't just what's going on in politics. It's people's lives. It's it's you had a job and now you've lost a job, or um, or you you were you know you're in the majority and now you're in the minority and so there's there's this reality that um, that goes beyond the actual politics of it into the lives of the people that are here that like we get to serve um, and invest in and pastor on a daily basis and so I think for me that's been um, that that's one of the profound things about you know when when you think about doing church and life in Washington D.C. Um, that I don't think many people often realize because we just see, you know, the bumper stickers or, you know, the news headlines and, and you don't see the people behind it often. Yeah. Mm-hmm. JD. I think, I think in this season, um, NCC is a place that wants to be welcoming to all. And just like Chris said, we find ourselves ministering to people across the aisle um, which makes it so challenging, right? Um, because now you're preaching to ideologies and where people find themselves sitting, um, regardless of where they come from. And then equally, you're, those that are working there, this is their livelihood. This is what they're passionate about. Um, so you have a couple different la- layers of people that you're talking to specifically during COVID. Because now you have an online group of people who don't live in D.C., but have now a passion or connection to NCC. And you're like, okay, now we're going to minister to a whole other group who only probably watches the news. And they're going to get their source from CNN or Fox. Which one you want to watch? Oh, now there's, what's the OAN? And news? Okay, let's not worry about all that. But, you know, we, you know there's a whole bunch of, <laughs> of news outlets that people get their resource from. And so then that becomes the filter at which they hear the songs, they hear the messages. Um, so I think one thing that we've learned at NCC, and I think I can say this in a good way without getting in trouble, Chris, sorry if I get fired, it'll be okay. Um, <laughs> but I think, no, 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 you're fine. I think we're learning how to give space to everyone and at the same time learn how to minister to everyone, if that makes sense. Um, because it's hard to not be, it's hard to be, live in the tension and gray space. People love the black and white answer. 
but to live as what Ephesians 4 tells us to do, that we are a body of Christ and we each fitly are joined together. And I'm pretty sure like bricks are, all of the bricks aren't the same, but somehow Jesus Christ, the mud, if you will, if we can use that analogy, holds us all together. And the funny thing is, I mean, I guess bricks don't have a soul, so they can't argue which brick they want to be next to. But I think that's kind of what happens to us right now. If we take that analogy and put it in the church, it's like the church is arguing with, well, I don't want to be next to this brick. And yet the, the mastermind behind it all is saying, but you don't see the beauty in it coming together. You know, you don't see the you don't see the finished picture that I see. And so I think in a sense, NCC is learning how to submit to that working of the Holy Spirit with all our mistakes, with all of our, like, oh, didn't do that right. Let's do that over. <laughs> Let's do this again. And one thought that came to mind, Chris, as you were talking earlier, in that, you know, as we fall into kindness, I, would, I wrote this down, actually. I said, that same kindness that comes from God, I think that's what NCC is learning. How do we access that kindness to flow through us to one another, you know, even in a time like this, because that's challenging, you know, like it's challenging for me. And Chris and I have talked about this stuff before, but we think differently on things. But how can we look beyond what, how we think differently about life and allow the connecting, the connecting thing that flows through both of us is that kindness of God to one another. And I think that's what we are learning, you know, at NCC um, through a number of different small groups that we have, through messages and through, you know, well, that song, you didn't sing the right song this week, so you got to redo that one again, you know, or, or that message, you said the wrong word. You said fire and it was coming down. And oh, did you hear what they said this week in the news? And then you have a small group leader who's like, you know what, I don't like any of you. And then all, you're like, oh, shoot, we got to deal with all this stuff at the same time, right? So I think we're, we're learning. I, I don't think that we all have it all together. But I think that's the journey that we're all on. I, I think any church that says they have it, they probably have put it in the black and white. Yeah, to see there's a 
JB, it like it's not easy, <laughs> and it's not no. uh, clean cut. It's so messy. Like to to live and love Jesus and love each other and serve one another and serve a city. That's that's messy business, right? But it, it's not anything new to the church mm-hmm. either. I mean, you think about I think about Paul and writing to Jewish believers yeah. and Gentile believers, and yeah. these. The, the early church is the model for what we're going through today. It, it, different ideology, exactly. sure, different, different set of, of, of principles that, that they were wrestling with. But the way that, the way that yeah. they loved one another, the way that they deferred yeah. preference to honor another person is, is yeah. the way of Jesus. Um, it, yeah. you know, Jesus is the one who gives a seat at the table to those unlike him. I was just thinking about that. Like how many, how many people did Jesus sit with that? He just dis- he probably disagreed with, you know, <laughs> the, the lifestyle, the choices, um, um, I don't they're, probably their, their job, you know, uh, and, and yet he gave them a seat at the table and he included them in his sphere and his, in his space. Um, and I, I think about pastor Mark just said this last weekend, but it's, he says, we treat everyone, especially those that we disable. Um, and those, those are, that's something that you hear repeatedly at NCC. Um, and, and if we want to get beyond kind of this political division, left, right, conservative, liberal, whatever, you know, we are image bearers, right? We, we bear the image of God. Um, and, and when I, when I honor that in you and when you honor that in me, that's, that's a beautiful picture of, of, of reconciliation in the world. And that's something that we're, that we're, we're living in the tension of right now. What does that look like? When, how, how do you do that when it's hard? How do you do that when I disagree with you and I disagree with your ideology or your perspective on something? Um, you know, how do we continue to honor the image of God within one another? Um, I think that's, really, that's a really important piece right now. Um, in our culture. I keep saying this, but thank you. <laughs> thank you. That's, uh, I feel like you're just like hitting. Yeah. Yeah. You, you're capturing so well, like what, <laughs> what, what I'm, I'm trying to learn in my own life, the kindness of Jesus, but also what I've been hearing and seeing from so many friends. And we see it we see it so clearly, I think in the U S church right now, but it's in Australia too. It just happens all over the world in different ways and in different climates. Um, and I love I love the part, JB, where you talked about how you and Chris, because you're human, you also have different, you have different thoughts on things and you have different opinions. Yeah. And yet you work side by side, shoulder to shoulder, and you work for the same cause and you love each other and you do life together. Um, and yeah, that's, that's, what a healthy church is that's what being a, a decent person is but it's not necessarily normal and it's definitely not easy at the moment um so i really love that you guys are choosing to model that and your church is choosing to model that even though i can appreciate that it's not always easy and doesn't happen perfectly um that yeah. that's really courageous because 
Uh, it's not yeah. an easy stance for a church to take right now. It would be a lot easier to say, we're just going to jump over here and pretend it's not happening or just be left or right. And instead, you're actually choosing to be like, no, we're Jesus-centered, we're people-centered. Mm-hmm. And that's tough. That's, like, that's tough in my own life, let alone in the yeah. church setting. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and can, can I just speak to that real quick? Uh, I just, like, dive in person a little bit more there. Like, um. Joel and I have done like, we've done eight years of life together, you know, and like, we've like, it takes investment and it takes relationship. And, you know, um, I, I'm not gonna, this is something I heard from, um, from Chris Valadin over several times. Uh, but one of the things that he says, he said in today's culture that people tend um, to connect their value to how much they agree. And um, we gather around what we agree on and we divide on what we disagree around. And I think um, that's such a problem. <laughs> it's such a problem in the evangelical church. Um, but this idea of covenant, right? It's an idea of commitment to a, a person. Um, and for, for Joel and I, it's like, man, like I've gotten to know Joel's story and why Joel is the amazing um, friend and pastor and worship leader and brother that he is from getting to know him and do life with him. And so, so often we write people off based on a headline or a snippet of, of what we see or hear on social media or, or whatever. And then we miss the, we miss the life um, and, and the life with Christ that, that we can learn from and be challenged by um, in the process of that. And, and like my life would be so less rich had it not been like lived in like relationship and like, and, and honestly it, it does feel like covenantal relationship in so many ways, Joel, like that's um, the, the way that we've gone about doing it, life and ministry together. And I, I think it is a, it's a beautiful thing and a beautiful picture. And um, yeah, I mean, JB and I couldn't be opposites on many other things, but my life would be so no, less rich, you know, without, and without, uh, without you and, and without uh, your friendship now. So. Oh, thanks, Chris. I appreciate you allowing me to beat you up all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Cool. I go yeah. home with lots of bumps no. and bruises from the office. No. <laughs> you can tell he's the black guy, I'm the white yeah. guy. I'm joking, guys. You can't see this. <laughs> with the very opposite. Awesome. Okay. brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I agree with Chris on that. I, I think, 
here's here's the major part. The major part in all of this is that we all have a story and those stories are played out in our minds day in and day out. And when someone comes to pick apart our story, we get scared, we get anxious, we get nervous. And I think that if we did, like Chris was saying, prefer the other before myself, we might see that the person that's coming that we think is so different from us is coming to complete my story versus tear it apart, right? And I think that's what people are missing. And I would say, if anything, I'm not speaking for God because I hate when people do that. Like God said, right? But if I can put it in this way, I, I, w- I would say that I can say that the will of God is for his people and his children to come together. And out of that, because we all won't allow each other's story to intertwine, I wonder if he's a father that's sitting there saying, whoa, look at my children. You know, whoa, look at, look at how they are, but then at the same time has so much foreknowledge. <laughs> like you said, Chris, it's not new to him. Mm. You know, what's that in Psalms? Is it four maybe where he says he laughs at the enemy's schemes and it's kind of like okay well you thought that was something great all right cool you know here's the next thing right i feel like in the same right he kind of looks at us and is like looking at a two-year-old okay have your temper tantrum but guess what you're going to grow up and as long as you don't learn this lesson let's go around this again so peter and paul didn't learn it so then the next generation And the next generation, then the next generation. So I feel like it's a lesson for every generation, right? I mean, well, let me take that back. I think Peter and Paul did learn it. I think they did start um, coming to understand each other. Um, but I, I think that they're, what I learned from them is who am I to tell Peter that the call on your life or the assignment that you have to who you were assigned to is wrong? Mm. Equally... Peter telling Paul the assignment or call on your life is wrong when it was an inheritance from God. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like that's kind of what we're doing right now, where there are those of us, and and I, and I know that I'm kind of pulling it away from the politics, but because there's a lot of, I say, ego that's bounced back and forth and all that stuff. But I think the major point that comes in there is that we're all kind of trying to get people made to be made in the image of us and not in the image of God. So because you're not doing things the way that I was assigned to do them, then you must be wrong about how you're doing your life. Instead of saying, wow, how you're doing your life, it kind of, it, yeah, you bring it over here and like, let's put that together with my life. And then, you know, this, this more beautiful pictures created. Um, we have this thing right now that we're working on and we just put out and we're still, again, working through it, but it's, we have a multicultural team who is like kind of been given the charge to help our church in a sense move from, and our, our tagline for it is, um, move from diversity to unity to a beloved community. And if I were to define what a beloved community is, it is that it is the dance of the honoring of the divine in each other and then giving space and surrendering one to another to see the glory of God then revealed, right? That's what beloved community is. 
where I can honor the God that's in you, your gifting, your talent, your experiences, where you're coming from equally, you're respecting, honoring the love of God and divineness in me. And together we see how does this come together? You know, how does how do we mold this this, I don't know what you want to call it, but that this beloved community where people can say, oh, and they know them by the love yeah. they share one to another. Come on, preach, Joel. Right? That's that's what they're looking for. But yet we're turning people away left and right because we're fighting. Because the kindness that we say is the Jesus way and the love that we say is God's way, we're not even showing to each other. So they're like, oh, so all of us as churches, all of our churches out here, we're praying for miracles. How about we pray for a miracle of love to rise in our church, one to another, so then they can see God be exalted, right? They can see him lifted up. Um, through the way that we treat each other. But if we keep treating each other with all this, our idea is right, your idea is wrong, whatever it might be, we'll forever run people away um, from this love that we know is real. for sharing your heart and so articulately um i couldn't have asked for more thank you both for being honest um and being uh both choosing to be so based in who you know christ to be um and and preferring his way over yours (laughs) i really Mm. respect that that's something that i'm trying to learn in my own life and i really am grateful i'm gonna be honest that ain't easy (laughs) (laughs) Because I, oh, I can't cuss on here, can I? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Don't but do I, sometimes I'm like, what the, no. <laughs> like, I'm not, but it does take, it's, it's practice. I think that's where those spiritual disciplines come into play, right? That's where mm-hmm. solitude comes into play. That's where Sabbath comes into play. Because you're keeping your mind focused. What's that old hymn say? Turn my eyes upon Jesus. And then the things of this earth go, go strangely dim. Yeah. And it's like, you know, but if, if all I'm consuming is everything that this worldly mindset has to offer, then I'm only going to act that way. But if I have to create this space, you know. Um, I think what John Mark Comer and, and several others have wrote books now about slowing down and about Sabbath and about 
um, just quieting yourself, um, how we've bought into this idea of busyness, um, how we bought into the idea of I need to have a platform, I need to be on a YouTube channel, I need to, not, not you, Jessica, your podcast is great. God honors it. <laughs> yeah, loves you. No. <laughs> please keep going. We, we, bought, we, bought, we bought into all of this. And I think we're actually and I think we're actually not slowed down enough to hear his voice. And because we haven't trained ourselves to that anymore, we've attuned ourselves to our greatest preacher and our latest podcast, our latest book as what God is saying. And I almost think if we slowed down for a moment, you know, took a breath, retreated, practiced that di- the spiritual disciplines that he's calling us into, um, rest, <laughs> take a vacation, get away. You don't have to preach every week. You know, you don't have to sing every week, right? And in those spaces, like, all right, last thing I'll say, and I'll shut up. When Jesus came up out of the water, the dove, you know, descended and said, this is my, you know, you heard a voice from heaven. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. What was the next thing that happened after he heard that voice? It says he was led away by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness. And I think many of us need to do that. We need to be led away into the wilderness because it's in the wilderness where his identity was challenged. And, and I also believe this isn't in the scripture, so I'm not saying this is John, whatever it might be. So all y'all out there that are trying to quote me and figure out what the Bible says. But I believe in that time, and the reason why I say this is because he was tested in it when he came out. That's why I say this. So I believe in that time, there was this, while people sometimes look at the wilderness as a, as a hard, sad place, I'm wondering if Jesus' thought as he was going into the wilderness was, whoa, I get to dance with my father for 40 days. And to hear his voice say to me, well done, well done, my beloved. You know, and speaking to him everything that he invested in him. But that's because he quieted himself, you know. And then when he came back out to the world, of course, resistance, you know, comes and then tests everything that he's been taught. But he was so grounded in what God shared with him or put in him that it was easy for him to say, well, man, should not live my bread alone. I, I already own all this. You can't test me with that. But I think the church is failing at those tests, you know, because we're not quieting ourselves and not hearing. So when the test comes, we say, yes, we need that platform. Yes, I'll take on that money. Yes, I will. You know, yes, I'll do things politically. Yes, I'll do for whatever sake, because we're trying to find identity. But identity comes from the Father, you know? Um, So, but because we're so busy trying to create and make the best church in the world, because everybody has that, right? We are the best church ever. (laughs) Okay. We're, yeah. So anyway, um, I think that's where that challenge comes in. If you're... Both. You, you can answer this separately or together. I don't mind. If you could go back to January 1 this year and give yourself advice or tell yourself something, knowing what you know now, what would you say? Laughter is also acceptable. <laughs> I would say um, for me, this is kind of a, it's, it's become a, a life motto, a family motto for, for my wife and I. Um, and um I, I also I credit this to Dick Foth, who's kind of our our grandpa here at NCC. And um, 
the, the best piece of advice, advice I ever got was from him. And it was, this too shall pass. Um, this too shall pass. Nothing in life is permanent. Everything is temporary. And it's not just the bad things. It's the good things. Um, the mountaintop season that you're in, this too shall pass. The valley that you're in, this too shall pass. And so um, for us, that's a, that's a place of confidence. That's a place of, of security um, and moving forward and moving through that, um, that there is another side. There is another, um, we're not stuck here. We're, we're going to get through it. This, what, what we're experiencing now, is going to fade uh, in time. And so I would just remind myself uh, that all over again. But if I was really going back to January, uh, I would tell myself, man, you better get that record done because uh, COVID's coming. So we got it. <laughs> we recorded literally like five days no, before everything oh, shut yes. down. Um, it was just, it was like, you know, um, it was, I feel so blessed. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, it wouldn't, wouldn't have been out otherwise. Or would it become a studio record? And, and then that just stinks, you know? I want to have a, I, you know, a live record has, has your church's voice and their sound and their, I love it. So anyway, that's what I would tell myself. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm actually, as I'm sitting here, I'm thinking about like what, I, I think if I would have told myself in January, um, something for all that's happened this year, so many thoughts in my head. I think the main thing that's coming for me, though, is um, don't take yourself that seriously. Um, Because I think during COVID, um, you've had a chance to see everything in your life kind (laughs) of come to the head, right? Like relationships and job and money, food, what are we going to do? And... I think that lesson of wow, don't don't take so much value in all that. It's, it's okay, you know. I I like what you're saying, Chris. Like you know, this too shall pass. You'll get on the other side of this. But yeah, like it's it's really don't take life that serious. It's okay to laugh a little. You know, pick up a you know, like I'm I'm one of those that's constantly like doing doing work on myself, like develop it, develop, develop, develop. and um. I'm learning to take a take a break and just expand, just allow life to expand me um, instead of taking everything to the core. Like I must achieve this. So um, yeah, maybe it's because I turned forty. I don't know. So I don't know. It might not. It might have been COVID. It might have been forty. Everything together. Yeah. Put it that way. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Isn't that that's the word for twenty twenty? I get that. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> what was it? I don't know. <laughs> Thank you. That, that was both of those answers oh, were brilliant. Thank you. Uh that's that's all I have. You've given me so much time. Thank you. But have I missed anything or is there anything that you wanted to say or talk about that I've just spaced on? Chris, maybe tell them where they can find us. Oh yeah. Or they can connect with you, Chris. <clears throat> Come on, Pastor Chris. This is, you can cut all this part out. Come on, Pastor Chris. This is your time. This is all. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I mean, well, we're I mean, we're super just we're really excited about um about the the project the Jesus Way and and um it I don't know it's just it's been the stories of how it's connected with people in our church are are the most valuable to me. That was that was the litmus test of doing um of a great record is one is producing a record that our church loved and 
so we've we've hit that um and yeah i'm so excited about it and, and just you know praying it resonates where it does um but yeah i mean you guys can find us on instagram and facebook and twitter do people use twitter do we use twitter joel can we start on twitter at ncc worship <laughs> yeah. um and then our our new project is the Jesus way. It's available on, you know, all of the digital streaming platforms, wherever you like your music, it's there. So, um, yeah, that's, that's our stuff. Yeah. That's awesome. That's our stuff. Jessica, before you sign off with us, I do think there's one thing that you missed and you said it earlier and please leave this part in, don't cut it out. (laughs) Um, I think you said that you can sing, like you can just lead us in worship. So I felt like this would be a great time for you to sing this. (laughs) I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. engaging with me in that conversation thank you for your patience while it went live it it feels like it was like just the right time thank you both for being honest and authentic and for genuinely valuing each other that means so much um i have so much respect for you thank you both if you are listening and you would like to pick up ncc worship's new album the jesus way go and get it and fill your house with truth and honesty and repentance and and what we need right now for internal redemption so that we can then exercise and help put in place external redemption you can get the jesus way by ncc worship now on all your favorite music platforms and you can connect with the band now at ncc worship all the links are in the show notes so that you can head on over give them a like tell them what it means to you to hear their story um and see what's going on. See how they're actually creating reconciliation in that city right now and see what we can learn from it. This has been a long episode. It has been an important episode and I know there's a sense of heaviness to it. And if you're anything like me, you're probably over the heaviness right now. 2020 felt like enough and then we got to this year and I was like, what? I believe there is good in the future. I believe there is hope and there is change. I believe that we are each part of that conversations like this remind me of it but sometimes to get to that place to get to that hope to get to that change we actually need to be part of that change so wherever you sit like politically socially however you feel about what happened on january 6th 
however you vote, if you can vote in the country you're in, whatever you believe, can I ask that you look inward and and look at what it means and look at what it means to love like Christ. The thing that I remember about God, about Christ, when it was like foretold about Jesus, the Messiah in the Old Testament, it said, a bruised reed he will not break. And so when I look at the actions of the world and when I look at actions that are done in the name of the Jesus I profess to love, if I see it harming the least of these, if I see it harming that which is right and which is good, then I know there's something in it that's not of Jesus. That's all I have for you this week, friends. Thank you for joining me on this pivotal episode. Next, we actually have the incredible team from All For No More. All For No More, like I said earlier, they're a music collective and a social justice collective from the UK. I'm really excited to have more friends from the UK on. I spoke to them last year. They have an incredible story about grief and community and uh, are each incredible artists in their own right. I think you'll find kindred spirits with them. So I would love for you to go and subscribe now to the podcast so you get that as soon as it turns up in your inbox. Um, you can find us on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you know, all those places. And you can even connect with us online at Between You Me Pod. I would love that. I would love to connect with you. Please say hello. Let us know how you're thinking, what you're feeling and what music you're excited about. What music is giving you hope right now? What music is pushing you towards growth and change in your own life? I would love to know that. Thank you, friends, for doing life with me. I know it is hard. I know it is challenging. And I know that that at the moment, for a lot of us, there's a lot of darkness. But I'm reminded that each of us, each of you are a light in that darkness. And just by showing up, we start to be part of that change. So please go love yourself well, love your people well, and love the people you struggle to love well. We can do this together. My name is Jessica Morris. Here's to hope. It's an education that you can't pay for. How to get up again and try. It's an education that you can't pay for. How to look me in the eye. It's an education that you can't pay for. How to get back and fight. Here's an education that you can't pay for How to say goodbye If you haven't figured out by now I guess the pain's gonna show you how It goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on You lose yourself when you love someone You lose yourself Gonna kill you in the end uh, Most things we're doing in this life Are gonna kill you in the end And the things we're fighting for Are the things that you can't defend Most things we're doing in this life Are gonna kill me in the end If you haven't learned that lesson yet The scars that teach us that you're never gonna forget It goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on Someone